The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the word have handed them down to us, I too have decided, after investigating everything accurately anew, to write it down in an orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth where he had grown up and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. And he said to them, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Do you believe what you just heard? It's not a trick question, yes or no? <laughs> kind of a weak yes, huh? <laughs> the proclamation of sacred scripture during Mass isn't an exercise in giving information. The proclamation of sacred scripture during Mass isn't an exercise in answering our questions. The proclamation of sacred scripture during Mass is not something that we do to fill the time before we get to receive Holy Communion. And on the one hand, we know that. And yet, on the other hand, we need to be reminded of that. Because what is easy to forget is that the proclamation of sacred scripture during the liturgy is aimed at your heart and my heart too. And those words and the fact of those words sounds and feels a little different when we recognize that. 
And what is happening among us today, right now, in this moment, in this place, not someplace else, right here, is what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ entered that synagogue. In fact, every time we gather for Mass, what we just heard in that Gospel reading takes place during the liturgy. Our eyes don't physically see Jesus. You guys are stuck looking at me today. And yet, this is what happens. The Lord is present. And we stand for the proclamation of the gospel because we recognize that he is present with a particular intensity when those words are proclaimed in our hearing. We don't stand out of mere custom. We stand to greet somebody. In fact, that's what the Alleluia is. The choir intones the Alleluia, and the congregation stands because we recognize Someone is here whose dignity is great, whose power is real, and who has something to say to us. We stand to greet him, and we stand in respect, and we stand at attention. But let's be honest. Sometimes we stand out of habit. Sometimes we stand because we're not sure what happens at Mass, but everybody else is getting up, so I should too. And sometimes we ordained ministers tasked with proclaiming the gospel lose our focus too, and we proclaim it as if we're reading the phone book. And yet at that moment, at that moment, even as I read those words, someone else is speaking. You hear my voice. But within that proclamation and within your listening, Jesus Christ himself has something to say to you. Note how powerful that is. Note how powerful that is. And precisely because of that, what Jesus said in the synagogue 2,000 years ago is true today. Even as you hear these words, their fulfillment comes to you. What a remarkable reality that is. That's not just an idea. That is, in fact, what we believe as Catholics. That is what happens at that moment. One of the ways that Jesus Christ is present at Mass is that when the scriptures are proclaimed and we are listening within the proclamation, Christ is present and Christ is speaking. And that speaking begins with the first reading. It continues through the responsorial psalm 
and it builds to a certain intensity and climax with the gospel. And so it is on this Sunday, we hear in this gospel reading something that describes what happens at Mass. Notice how St. Luke begins his gospel. The first part of our gospel reading today is the very beginning of the gospel of St. Luke. And he's writing to someone named Theophilus. And we don't know for certain whether that is a specific person or a word which means all of us, because the name Theophilus means the one who loves God. And so that name is rightly applied to an individual, and it is rightly applied to you. You who love or seek to love the Lord, I am writing for you. And again, note how different the gospel sounds when we recognize it has been written for me. It has been written for you. And so I will set down an orderly account of these things for you. And moving from this Sunday throughout the year, what will we do? We will engage the gospel of this same St. Luke following the orderly way he gives us an accounting of the life and ministry, the dying and the rising of Christ. So that as we move through the year, our prayer and our living engage the life and person of Jesus in an orderly, a well-ordered manner. That's what ordinary time means. When we call part of the year ordinary time, it doesn't mean it's the part of the year that's not special at all. It's ordinary in that it is put into order and it is ordered to the unfolding of the teaching of Jesus Christ. And why? So that our lives individually and together can be put into order by that same teaching, by that same person of Jesus Christ. Note how marvelous that is. And so here it is that the Lord then, at the beginning of his preaching, enters the synagogue. And he has a reputation and people are curious about him. And he stands up and note, he stands up to read. And this is important. Jesus, who is the Word of God made flesh, stands up to read. He who is the Word himself speaks with his own voice the written words of sacred scripture. He who inspired the prophet Isaiah to write those words now speaks them in his own voice. And in doing so, note the importance that he gives to those words. Because those words exist for a reason. And as Jesus himself announces those words, he is letting us know, those words don't speak about anybody else 
They are ordered to him, ordered by him. Jesus is the soul of Scripture. Jesus is the heart of Scripture. Jesus is the center and the focus of Scripture. Every single word in sacred Scripture finds its fulfillment and its meaning in Jesus Christ. It points to him. It speaks of him. It communicates him. And so it is here that the Lord then chooses that section of the book of the prophet Isaiah, that part of expectation, that statement of the one who will come, the one who bears the spirit of the Lord who has come to bring sight to the blind, liberty to captives, and to announce, to announce the time of the favor of God. Imagine the sound of Jesus' voice as he says those words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I have been sent. And he speaks those words. He reads those words with the conviction of one who is the person being spoken about. I am that one. And as he sits down, small wonder that all eyes are upon him because they have heard him read those familiar words in a way that never spoke to them this way before. And what does he say? Today, even as you have heard them, these words are fulfilled. Where you are, in your synagogue, not someplace else. They are fulfilled because I am with you and I am here. And in me, their fullness is now available to you. And this is what happens when the gospel is proclaimed in the sacred assembly. Christ is not spoken about Christ is speaking. And the whole point of the homily, and many of you might be wondering, Father, get to the point. The whole point of a homily is to unpack the speaking of Christ. What a beautiful idea that is. What a beautiful point that is. How beautiful it is, then, that the Holy Father designated this Sunday where we hear these words in this way. The Sunday of the Word of God. And it reminds us that on the one hand, the Word of God is communicated to us in and through sacred Scripture. But the Word of God is not a book. The Word of God is a person. And the beautiful thing about what happens when we really read Scripture well is this. This, what I'm holding in my hand, is not the Word of God. But when I open this book and I read it, in faith, 
The word of God is what happens. It's what speaks as I engage these words. Someone is speaking to me. This is not just history. These are not just ideas or pious thoughts. The open book of scripture, when I engage it with faith, is almost something like an altar. And just as on this altar in a few minutes, this same Jesus Christ will be present, and we can come forward and meet him. When this is open, and I am reading in faith, I can meet him. I can encounter him. And he can speak to me. How exquisitely wonderful that is. This is a good Sunday, a good day to ask ourselves, do I take time to engage sacred scripture in my own prayer, my own life? You know, or do I have that dusty Bible up on the shelf, the one we got maybe when we were married, and it's pretty much, it's signed by everybody, but it's up there on the shelf and we haven't taken it down since? You know, it might be time to bring it down, dust it off, Hear that marvelous crack when you open the old book for the first time, and that's okay. It might be time to think about maybe upgrading your Bible to get one that feels good in your hand and that has print suitable for you to read. Because it is important. It is important. Faith, St. Paul insists, comes from hearing. It comes from listening. But how can we hear if no one speaks? The privileged place of that speaking are these great words. If you're new to reading the Bible, start with one of the Gospels. In fact, start with St. Luke, the Gospel we will be reflecting on as we move through the year on Sunday. Start there because you already know some of the stories about Jesus. But take some time and read the gospel from beginning to end and engage it in the order, the order that the evangelist gives us so that you have a better chance of participating in our ordered celebration, the ordered speaking of Christ as we move through the year. And don't worry if you don't understand everything. The key is to begin cultivating the attitude of listening, thinking, and engaging. Because the more we know Jesus, the more we can love him. The more we engage him, the more, little by little, we will be able to hear, to understand, and to follow. Because these words are not written for somebody else. They're written for you. They're written for you. And if I came out here or went to any group of believers and said, I know a prophet who has a specific message for you, every ear would be listening, wanting to hear what that marvelous hidden word is for me and what difference it would make in my life. But every Sunday, we've got something better than that. We've got Jesus speaking to us.
with a word that is meant for your heart and for your life. How great is that? How wonderful is that? This is why over the years, beautiful customs have come around reading scripture. We see some of them at mass, the signing of ourselves, asking the Lord to open us to receive his word as we engage it. The kissing of the words of scripture, simply as a sign of respect and affection for the greatness of the gift I've been given. In fact, there was an age in the church where the custom was we wash our hands before we would pick up the Bible. And again, none of these are necessary, but there's a certain beauty about things like this. It's the recognition that there is something substantial, something sacred, something wonderful, and something powerful here. And what a good thing that is. Because note how it works. We first meet Christ here, and we are fed from the table of his word. And those who know how to feast at the table of his word are those who are ready to receive that great and deeply personal food of his presence from the table of the altar. And the more effectively we meet him in his word, the more ready we are to meet him and receive him here at the table of his sacrifice, the table of his presence, the table of the altar. And for all of that to work, as we said, faith comes from hearing. But if nobody speaks, we don't hear. And that is why the church has a beautiful ministry, the ministry of reader of those who assist us by proclaiming the word. And so I ask our shrine lectors to please stand in your places for a moment. You're seeing them all together, but the most important element of experiencing them is hearing them. You guys have a ministry which requires you being listened to. Where else can we say that? And note how important that is, because at Mass, we don't just individually, quietly read the scriptures by ourselves. They are spoken out into our hearing so that we all hear together. And so it is the quality with which you read, the quality with which you pronounce, the bearing and the dignity with which you engage the sacred scriptures is at the service of helping us, the congregation and the priest, hear and meet and engage that speaking. So I ask the five of you to please come forward to the front. We will unite our hearts, and then we will celebrate on this Sunday of the Word of God the formal commissioning and the installation of our shrine lectors. My brothers and sisters, God the Father has presented us with the Word made flesh so that hearing him 
we will be nourished by him and live faithfully for him. And so let us unite our hearts in faith. Almighty Father, give to the followers of Christ your Son a constant hunger for your word and make them your witnesses before the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord Almighty Father, grant that by searching deeply into your word, we may remain firmly convinced in faith and resolute in the desire to do what is right and good. We pray to the Lord. Lord, in the light of your word, give us knowledge of you and of ourselves, so that we will return your love and serve you as we ought. We pray to the Lord. Lord Almighty Father, stand by these ministers of your word whom you have called into your service, so that what they proclaim, they will believe in their hearts and manifest in their actions. We pray to the Lord. Lord O oh God, who have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light, we owe you our thanks at all times. You satisfy the hunger in our hearts with the sweet nourishment of your word. When we gather together here at this shrine, you remind us again and again of your wondrous words and works. We pray that here in this place we may listen to the voice of your Son, so that responding to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we may not only be hearers, but doers of your word. Grant to these your servants who proclaim your message in this place that they may do so effectively, simply, and clearly, that we might learn how to direct our lives and walk always in the ways of Christ, to follow him faithfully until we reach eternal life. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, my friends, may God bless each of you and all of you together with every heavenly blessing, keep you holy and pure in his sight. May he shower you with the riches of his glory, instruct you with the word of truth, from your hearts with the gospel of, form your hearts with the gospel of salvation, and enrich you with love for one another, now and forever. Amen. And may Almighty God, who has begun so good a work in you, bring it to a grace-filled completion through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you all, and congratulations. Please be seated. <laughs>